One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Radio podcast joins us now on the boardwall kind of hotline here on 97.3 ESPN. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. And before we get to the Sixers stuff, because that stuff I feel like could just take away our entire lives. If we talk about it for too long, but <laughs> I wanted to touch on with you for the last what feels like about 36 to 48 hours in the NBA bubble. And what I found incredibly interesting, because I've been reading a lot of the different accounts by people down there, whether it's Chris Haynes, Malika Andrews, you know, all the people down there in the bubble, busting their tail, trying to, you know, keep everybody updated on the outside of the bubble. And it feels like to me that the one thing that gets overlooked by a lot of the people who are talking about it, who are not in the bubble, people on the outside of the bubble is... There's a lot of raw emotion going on down there. And that raw emotion resulted in a lot of roller coaster of situations kind of all falling into each other. And that's really, to me, why the league had to pause. It wasn't just because the players wanted change. It was because the players are so far removed from the rest of the world that their emotions were just at such a high peak level that they didn't hit the pause button things really could have gone sideways and imploded in many different areas. Um, I, I would say you're right, but I'll also add that many didn't even want to be there. Um, so I think when um, the Jacob Blake incident happened, um, what I can tell you is the Bucks felt a responsibility um, because they were the hometown team. That was where it happened in the Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin, that, you know, they, they needed to show um, some solidarity and, and really uh, show that things mattered the way that they did. And, and, and you got to credit George Hill for that, uh, for that process. Because what I can tell you is the other teams that were on the slate to play that, that day, um, there was already talks of doing it. You, you saw the, the, the Toronto Raptors as well as the Boston Celtics who, um, you know, were, were discussing that, that, that boycott. But the uh, Bucks beat them to the punch and 
uh, it, it really uh, it made people sit and think, and is it a boycott? Is it a forfeiture? Like, you've never, never in the history of man have you seen something like that. Maybe in a high school basketball game, uh, but never in an NBA game that is in a bubble uh, in Lakeland, Florida, the Orlando suburb. But um, what I do think is interesting um, is just how the chain of events went. Um, it's interesting because uh, John Lucas, who you know, is, is very vocal uh, to the old school and the new school, uh, I spoke to him yesterday, and I said to him, man, I heard that you were a part-time Baptist preacher in your old days, and he fell out laughing. Um, and he really, he shared that just, it, it, it was the leadership, it, it took an OG to really um, get certain guys to listen and, and bring it home because Chris Paul with the president can only do so much and get people to listen. Uh, Kyle Corver was there, Andre Godala was there, but, you know, it, it takes an OG like uh, Mr. 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 Lucas to, um, to uh, you know, get the LeBron Jameses and the Kawhi Leonard's to listen. But I do think that uh, Jacob Blake did create a pause uh, for people to sit back and, and think about what was really important. Um, I called Kenny Smith last night, and, you know, Kenny expressed to me that, you know, he didn't just want to be a talking head uh, by phone. He said to me, you know, he was in solidarity with the players because, you know, if you don't stand for something, you'll, you'll, you'll fall for anything. And more specifically, you know, he said that, that – um, this is what that was about. Uh, they did. They they created attention by not playing, and it's got everybody talking. And you know, NBA resumes on Saturday. Scoop B Radio. One of the things you and I have talked about before, and I feel it's important to bring up again. To me, part of player empowerment is more than just I have a thing I believe in. I have a cause. It's something about understanding that these are human beings with real human emotions. These are not characters in a video game. These are not robots just performing for everybody's entertainment. These are human beings that go through emotions. And there's been a lot of people who, in in all sports this week, who have been breaking down emotionally because of things going on in the world outside of sports. So can you touch on a little bit about how important it is for people to start viewing these athletes more than just people playing a game, but as human beings. You know, it's interesting. Um, I have a new show now with uh, Heavy.com where I am a senior writer uh, called Heavy with Scoop B. And uh, you guys should check it out. Uh, this week I had Stefan Marbury on, uh, two-time NBA uh, All-Star. And also I had Jay Williams on of ESPN today. And Jay said something today um, that really stood out to me. And, 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 it, and it, it holds true. A lot of people think that athletes just shoot a ball, run, and they're robots, that they don't have feelings and that they don't think about things. Um, and I actually think that when you're in a bubble, when you're not around with your families and you're with your basketball brother and some who you kind of know, some who you may not know, some who you may have grown, a town, grown up with a town over, you get to really know them as people, and then people start having conversations. You know, it, it, to me, it's no different than, you know, going to a, a National Association of Black Journalists convention and, you know, sitting next to Chris Haynes or sitting next to Stephen A or sitting next to Mark Spears or Christian Sarr. Meeting in the mind. We don't work for the same companies, but we all know each other. And so I think that when a bunch of guys who are thinkers start talking, um, you start to come up with, with a reference. And to be honest with you, I actually think that the guys being in the bubble is actually a threat because that's how you force real change. Not everybody playing uh, armchair quarterback at home and talking about presupposes. 
I do think that Kyrie Irving, uh, is the, the the bashing the bashing of Kyrie, needs, the apology needs to be as loud as the bashing of uh, Kyrie. And I think that in this case, as it relates to the bubble, everybody being around and having a conversation about what's going on, uh, I think is a bigger threat. Because now you have to uh, talk about voting rights, which was something that, you know, was brought up today in the joint statement uh, with the MBTA as well as the National Basketball Association. Uh, there are voting uh, centers at all 30 NBA arenas, and, and, and they're forced to have that conversation. Um, there, there are some things that LeBron James is right about as far as the voting stuff. Um, wherever wherever you, you, you are in the, in the voting line or what have you, I'm not here to talk about politics, I'm here to talk about sports, but... If you want to see change, it does start uh, within uh, within legislation. I can tell you that the Milwaukee Bucks uh, did have the, their, the lieutenant governor, uh, Mandela Barnes, on a conference call that day, um, and, and Mandela Barnes never told them to boycott. However, he did speak about legislation. He did talk about why that's important in making a change. Mandela Barnes has been a guest on the Scoopy Radio podcast. Make sure you check that out. He has a future in politics, but I do think um, that this is is uh, so much bigger than just a basketball. This is, I think, to be honest with you, COVID has sparked thought-provoking things, and um, I think that's where the NBA's players are. But you don't have real change until you have a plan, and it seems that at first it was shaky, and now it seems as though they're starting to get some things in place, man. Right in Scoop B. Robinson joining us here on Game Night on 97.3 ESPN. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Scoop B. One more before on before we get to the Sixers stuff on the bubble stuff. One of the things I was reading about were two specific players who have stepped up over the last 36 to 48 hours. One of them was Jalen Brown when he kind of put his foot down and, you know, according to reports, told everybody, you know, you know, if we all leave this bubble are we just going to go home to go hang out with our families and friends? Are we actually going to do something? And the other part was the guy was Chris Paul, how, you know, he stepped up on Pat Beverly when he was being disrespectful. And between Paul and Andre Iguodala, they seem to have to really work in overtime to, you know, re-get everybody back on the same page. Can you touch on both of those guys a little bit, Jalen Brown and Chris Paul? Well, Jalen is a pretty upstanding guy. Um, Jalen is a guy that is very um... – He's just, he has that astute look um, that players trust and respect and front office people do. Uh, I, I sat down with Jalen back in December um, and talked about a wide range of different uh, topics uh, concerning the state of the Celtics, their playoff chances, um, ex-teammates, and more. And Jalen answered honestly, candidly, and to be honest with you, a little too honest. Um, and so for that conversation to take place, I did hear that that was how it went uh, in the bubble, and I did hear um, that that Jalen had that support. And, and by the same token, Chris Paul does too. I take it back to that Zoom conference call um, that he had with the Players Association, with the vice presidents. You had, um, you know, Iguodala, C.J. McCollum, uh, Kyrie, um, Lillard was on that call and, and a bunch of WNBA players Dwight Howard was on there, a bunch of people and um, Chris Paul one of the things he was saying on the call is a lot of people just keeping it real and, 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 and saying a lot of things, those are recorded lines and you don't know everybody that's on there and Chris basically said hey, you're not supposed to say everything on this call because you don't know who's on there um, but I think what happens is people get alarmed by the fact that players 
are cursing. Like the, the, the comment that Cassie Beverly made uh, to Michelle Roberts um, about I pay your salary. Those are pretty common type of conversations that players have because they're, they're keeping it real and they don't necessarily have a filter. In comparison, those conference calls or those Zoom calls with all 30 owners, it's more stoic. Um, I, I, I sat down with, or, or rather, was I had an interview with Mark Cuban uh, last month, the owner of Dallas Mavericks, and you know, Mark and I talked about uh, his expectations for the bubble and what he thought about the jerseys, and he was in support of it. You know, he was in support of um, Black Lives Matter. He was in support of all those different things, and um, he's one of the more hip owners, and he's going to say the most positive things. Um, that may not be everybody's perspective in the National Basketball Association. I think you saw the stance that the New York Knicks uh, took and, and James Dolan, the owner there. They, they're kind of a little bit more stoic in their approach with Black Lives Matter and just, um, you know, support of all the different things that are going on. Uh, but I think Chris Paul is the vocal leader that those guys need um, for right now. Um, but I do think that in the future, there are guys that have had to learn a lot of things on the fly. Uh, Bismack Biombo of the Charlotte Hornets was on the Scoopy Radio podcast last month, uh, and he talked about how much on-the-job training he really got in the spring uh, during coming off uh, for COVID, and how you know he and and, and CJ McCollum and and Chris Paul and and and, and Andre Iguodala and some of the other guys were six vice presidents. They had to put their brains in, in together to try to figure out a way uh, to take to find the most uh, diplomatic and, and unilateral. Uh, way about doing things uh, in this process. So I, I think they're in great hands, the Players Association, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the future. How much more on-the-job training uh, uh, certain guys are getting in the bubble, I, I think it's pretty amazing. What do they say in the NBA where amazing happens? Absolutely. Let's hit on the Sixers, which are no longer in the bubble for a variety of reasons. Uh, a lot of names are popping up for this job, and I want to get your thoughts on some of the names I will start with a guy that you mentioned earlier. There are reports that John Lucas, a guy that you spoke to recently, would be interested in the Sixers job. And for the younger basketball fans who may not know, John Lucas was actually the Sixers coach in the 90s. So you're talking about a guy who's almost 20 20 years removed from already coaching in Philadelphia. For sure. I didn't talk to Mr. Lucas about that, but, you know, I know that he's Pompey of the uh, Inquirer today, a good dude. Another guest on the Scoopy Radio podcast did report uh, that there was interest, that Jason Kidd has an interest in coaching uh, the 76ers. I can tell you today um, that I got some information um, that Kidd is not only uh, interested in the 76ers, he is also interested in the Brooklyn Nets, and he's interested in the Los Angeles Lakers should that job become available? Um, I reported last month that um, well, we all know that he interviewed for the New York Knicks' coaching position, um, and I'm told uh, one of the, the, the things the Knicks ultimately went with Tom Thibodeau, but um, I know that James Dolan wasn't completely sold on uh, Tom Thibodeau at first. Um, William Wesley and uh, Leon Rose were pushing Tom Thibodeau hard. He actually would have been hired much sooner, and so uh, Dolan wanted to bring back Mike Miller as well as Mike Woodson uh, as the assistants. But what I'll say is, is it, as it relates to um, Jason Kidd, um, I think he'd be a great fit for Ben Simmons if Ben Simmons does stay. Um, if Embiid does stay, Elton Brand uh, is the man. And I know that Elton uh, has expressed that he wants to keep Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together, but let's not, let's not act like 
you know, we holding, we're holding Brett Brown accountable. I think now the microscope is going to be pointed at Joel Embiid and his conditioning and some of those other factors. And so uh, I'm not here to bash, but I do think that someone like Jason Kidd, who is a player's coach, uh, would fit. Um, but I also think Jason, I'm, I'm told Jason would not necessarily take that position um, if uh, those guys are not um, in Philadelphia. Uh, I think they're a hot team. I think that they have potential. I know Ty Lue has been mentioned uh, over the last few days. I can tell you that the uh, New Orleans Pelicans uh, do want Ty Lue. And from what I'm told, it is uh, Ty Lue's position to turn down uh, in New Orleans. Uh, and, you know, the reports are that he does want about $7 million a year. Um, but, but, but the Pelicans are a team that is very interested. And you also got to pay attention to the Pelicans uh, as well as Brooklyn uh, because – you know, the, all along the Nets were looking at Greg Popovich, Jason Kidd, and Ty Lue, but Greg Popovich is at the top of their list, as I reported back in March and April. So I think a lot of things point to what L.A. does in the offseason if they win the championship. But, you know, Jason Kidd definitely was hired uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a backup to Frank Vogel, and Frank Vogel has exceeded expectations this year. Um, and, and I do think that um, that is why he's kind of uh, stayed put. Um, and, and why the New York job didn't happen. LeBron James wants Jason Kidd in Los Angeles. They've had desires of wanting to play with each other uh, as teammates uh, in the NBA and not just in the Olympics. So Jason so Kidd is a person to pay attention to in Philadelphia, but there are some conditions there. All right, so you said something. I'm going to hit the rewind button on here about Ty Lue. You mentioned the dollar figure that he's looking for. Could that dollar figure eliminate certain jobs because those jobs may not want to pay him that number. I'm not sure. But I think one thing that you can pay attention to is this. I think New Orleans will give him a longer shelf life in Philadelphia. Um, And I'll use the perfect example of Jason Kidd. When Jason Kidd left the Brooklyn Nets some years back in 2014, he had about three or four years of ample time with a young uh, Milwaukee Bucks team, and he ended up getting fired and Mike Budenholzer replacing him. Um, I think Ty Lue last year was looked at as not worth the dollar sign that he was looking for, and that's one of the reasons why the Lakers situation did not work out. Um, Monty Williams was looked at as well. You see he's doing well in Phoenix, and Monty Williams has a long shelf life too because the Phoenix Suns are a young team. I think if Ty Lue were to come to Philadelphia, the expectations are high from the jump, I think Philly has the talent. They are missing a couple of things, um, but I think it's going to take a special coach to do it. I personally think um, Kenny Atkinson is a guy that the Sixers should be paying attention to. I know that the Chicago Bulls have interest in Kenny. He is on their list of of people as well as uh, David Vanterpool, who's an associate um, head coach with the Minnesota Timberwolves, as well as A.G. Griffin. Um, So I, I think Kenny Atkinson developed young talent championship. I don't know, um, because we've seen him develop a team like the Nets with D'Angelo Russell and more. Um, but I do think that Ty Lue has a championship, and you have to put some respect on his name as it relates to what he's done. People always use the LeBron James analogy in the fact that he you know, won him, uh, or basically LeBron handpicked him. Okay, so I think, you know, I, I had a conversation with one of Ty Lue's former teammates uh, a few months ago. And he talked about how even when Ty Lue was sitting at the at the end of the bench when he was a Laker, uh, during the, you know when they played with Kobe, Shaq, and Phil Jackson, Ty Lue was just so engrossed in the game and was paying attention to little things. 
and it was no surprise that he ended up becoming uh, a head coach in the NBA. If Tyloo was brought into the fold and is the head coach of the Sixers, to me, it is a full circle moment um, because this is the same guy that was playing defense on Allen Iverson uh, in the early 2000s, and Allen Iverson crossed him over and stepped over him. I think that's pretty funny, but at the same time, it's pretty ironic. But, I mean, anytime you have a team like the Sixers that has a Ben Simmons as well as a Joel Embiid, I think it's a coach's dream to have a point guard or a playmaker in Simmons uh, who, who, and, and a, and a uh, power forward, center, small forward hybrid in Joel Embiid that can do so many great things. So I, I think Philly is a treat, but you won't get Jason Kidd from what I'm hearing unless the two are together. One more for you before I let you go. And I feel like an, another day you and I got to have a longer conversation about Ty Lue because I'm I'm so over the people who say, you know, Ty Lue was only there because of LeBron because there's a lot of evidence against that. But I got to ask you one more about the Sixers, and that's this. The perspective of different people who cover the team. You know, you mentioned Keith Pompey. He was on 97.3 earlier this week. We had Yaron Weitzman on earlier this week. We had Bobby Marks on earlier this week, and we keep hearing the same thing from all of these people here, Scoopy, and that is they keep bringing up two things. The next head coach has to force the players to be more accountable, and the second thing we keep hearing again and again is the Sixers are looking for their next Steve Kerr. So with those two factors in mind, is there a group of the guys that we've talked about or we haven't talked about yet that fit those two elements best? Yes. Phil Handy, who's an assistant coach with the Los Angeles Lakers. Tell us more about him. Phil Handy uh, won two championships as an assistant coach with the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, under Ty Lue, and then last year under uh, Nick Nurse with Kawhi Leonard. Had the ear of the late Kobe Bryant. In fact, has the same birthday as Kobe Bryant. Uh, and in addition to that, um, LeBron James asked Phil to come back to L.A. Phil left his job with the Raptors to take on a job with the Lakers this year. Um, and his level of just p- attention to X's and O's uh, is impeccable. I will tell you that uh, Phil Handy is a guy that Kyrie Irving wants in Brooklyn. Will they hire him as a head coach? I think his name and his profile is still growing. Chris Webber uh, spoke extensively about Phil Handy um, the other day uh, on, on TNT. And, um, you know, he has his app called the 94-foot 90, uh, app uh, that is training young hoopers. Um, he's been very active during the pandemic before the bubble uh, started. And um, he's just a guy that knows uh, skills training. Um, you know, was working extensively with DeMarcus Cousins earlier this year when he was still a Laker and, and getting getting well. And um, Phil is just a guy um, who is a great listener and who is a, it is a, is a motivator, but he knows his basketball. Um, he played in the 90s in the CBA. I'm talking like when Damon Jones and Earl Boykin played in the CBA. He's an open area guy, um, did not quite make it to the NBA, just a lot of politics. Um, but his imprint is still in the NBA, and he's gone toe-to-toe with a lot of NBA legends that are there now. Had him on the Scoopy Radio podcast uh, during the springtime, um, and I asked him if he had interest in being a head coach, and he says he gets that question all the time. He's not looking to leave Los Angeles, uh, but at the same time, when it is his time, then he'll know it's his time. I think Phil Handy is a guy 
um, that should be getting more attention in the NBA and, and be less in, in head coach conversations. Um, because I think what's happening in the NBA right now is you're just recycling a lot of the same names. Yes. You know, yes. Mike D'Antoni. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mike D'Antoni. You know, I'm hearing if, if, if the Pelic, if, if, if the Rockets don't pan out, and, you know, there's been talk about what his future in Houston will be, as well as the GM and Daryl Morey. That's heard talk about the Pelicans. You know, it's like, I have no problem with Mike D'Antoni. I, I think he's an okay coach, uh, but you got to let these new guys out. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Mark Jackson. You talk about Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr benefited from Mark Jackson in Golden State. Say what you want, uh, but Mark Jackson is a guy that um, should be mentioned in the conversation. I spoke to Mark a couple weeks ago. He's upbeat. He's focusing on the bubble right now. Uh, but if he, as he told me, if a, if a conversation about coaching position coming along, he'll listen. He's been passed up a lot for a lot of reasons, not having to do with basketball. Um, but I do think that uh, Mark Jackson is a guy that the Sixers should be paying attention to as well. I'll just say this before I let you go. I don't think it's a coincidence that the last three head coaches who have won NBA championships all had zero NBA head coaching experience before they got their jobs in one rings. I don't think that's a 100% a coincidence, but I'll just leave it at that. He's Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Scoopy, the Scoopy podcast, of course, the Scoopy Radio podcast, and of course, let the folks know again the things you're doing with Sands with the new video show. Oh, yeah, Heavy uh, with Scoopy is a new initiative Scoopy we started um, basically this month. Um, we've had uh, rapper Silk the Shocker, ESPN's Ryan Hollins is on, we had Stephon Marbury on, uh, as well as uh, Jay Williams, and uh, I know that you told me um, that you uh, like the fact that I had a certain Jalen on uh, heavy with Scoopy the other day, um, and I and, and and you were right. Uh, Jalen is a guy um, that is worth talking to, uh, and and we talked a lot about um, Jalen Mills. By the way, Jalen Mills and I spoke a lot about the Eagles. You can check that out. Uh, heavy with Scoopy. You can subscribe to Heavy's YouTube channel and check that out. Jalen Mills of the Eagles talked about a lot of different things, and uh, on Monday. We will have uh, NBA, excuse me, NFL legend Marshall Falk on Heavy with Scoopy. So a lot of things brewing coming down the pipe. Uh, you guys will be pleased. But also check out Scoopy Radio, uh, 2.1 million streams, and check out my work at Heavy.com and uh, also at Basketball Society. A lot of different things moving around, but uh, we're staying busy, Josh, as you are too. Absolutely, my friend. I always appreciate you making the time. I think we covered a lot of bases today. We did. I'll be back soon. I'll probably talk to you next week. <laughs> Absolutely, probably. <laughs> the way the world is going right now. Thank you, my friend. My man. I'll talk to you soon. And, of course, Brandon Scoopy Robinson, NBA insider, like all guests, appeared on the Boardwalk kind of hotline here on 97.3 ESPN. This is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Dunkin'. Come on! Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. 
Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.